On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. I am so happy that you are here. And I feel like I always say, today we have a special guest, but it's always true. And I am so excited that Alexandria Hernandez has joined us today on the podcast. And we're going to talk mainly about money. And I love talking about money because, well, you know, when you look at those four embers from Life on Fire, what do we have? We have health, wealth, faith, love, right? Or something like that, health, wealth, faith and love. Okay, and so it's one of those embers that we want to make sure we're tending to and we're careful about and we're thoughtful about and we're deliberate about. And we want to make sure it's burning appropriately, right? Like the embers and that they're burning. And so Alexandria today is going to help us unpack some of the self-limiting thoughts or toxic thoughts that we may have regarding money. And then she also has a wonderful, she's going to share five principles to achieving financial breakthrough God's way. So I'm so delighted to have you on the show, Alexandria. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Yeah. I get so giddy when I do this. I don't know why. It's just crazy. Like, what are you doing, Victoria? Okay. I also want to read Alexandria's bio and I will tell you as with so many of these awesome guests that are, who are agreeing to come on the show, Alexandria, Alexandria is a member of Life on Fire and that's this big, huge Christian movement online. It's on Facebook. You can join if you want. And from there, it's, it's the program. The movement is run by Nick and Megan Unsworth and they are business coaches, Christian business coaches. And so I enrolled in their academy and, and they also have an accelerate coaching program and a mastermind coaching program. And I enrolled back in 2019 and then Alexandria has just come on and that's where we actually met. So actually I say just come on, but back in January of this year. So here, let me, here's just a, let me share this about Alexandria for you. And I think I'm going to have to use my glasses. Um, Alexandria is co-owner and managing member of Consulting for Kingdom Advancement, LLC, and that's K-Y-N-G-D-O-M. She's the CFO of Kingdom Remodeling and Principal Financial Coach of Kingdom Financial. She understands the need for someone to come alongside you in faith help you order your steps and keep you accountable. I think that's a big word there also, isn't it? Accountable. Alexandria shows up for her clients in all these ways and more. In her first five months of coaching, okay, just think about that, five months of coaching, her clients paid off more than $75,000 worth of debt. That is huge. And I, you know, my heart, I think is racing a little faster because I think as a coach, How excited you must be, Alexandria, when your clients have this kind of major breakthrough in the area of finances. And I I think that's just amazing. So maybe we'll get back around to that because that's, that's staggering, really. 
Alexandria has been featured a guest, uh, a featured guest speaker on the Business on Fire Challenge with world-renowned coaches Dick and Megan that I was telling you about from Life on Fire and 15 Minutes of Hope with Pastor Claudia Molina. She was also a featured panelist on the Wake Up Calling, Releasing Christian Employees to Entrepreneurs Summit with Beverly Bowens and Deb Watson, speaking alongside the amazing Pastor Amos Johnson, founder of Church for Entrepreneurs. So, oh my goodness. I, let's just jump in because this is just really so awesome. Tell us a little bit, Alexandria, about anything you can think of, what are you hearing from your clients? Like when they first land, you know, make that call that I know you offer a, a free debt breakthrough session, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I would encourage everyone to do that. And don't be afraid. Sometimes people see those free sessions, like, I don't know, Alexandria, I don't, maybe I shouldn't get on this call, but what, what are you going to lose by doing that? I even offer free clarity thought coaching and a thought strategy session. But sometimes I hear from people like, Oh, I'm too nervous to do that. No, go ahead and take advantage of this wonderful offer. But when you do get folks coming to you, whether it's through that particular session that you're offering or just in general, have you noticed any kind of particular thoughts like self-limiting or maybe justifications, excuses, I don't know what we want to call them, but what is really getting in the way for their financial freedom? Right. Um, that's a great question. So uh, definitely an overarching theme that I have seen with the clients that I've worked with. Um, there is this misunderstanding of believing the lie that our money is our own and um, not understanding that money is just a resource, right? Um, in terms of limiting beliefs, there's a lot of, um, I was never taught how to manage, right? I didn't grow up learning how to do this. So I just, you know, I do what I learned how to do. Uh, for I have clients that um, struggled a lot with like over shopping, right? It was um, getting down to the nitty gritty of why are you seeking fulfillment? It's getting into that root of you're seeking fulfillment in something outside of God. You're seeking fulfillment from material things that will never fill the whole or heal the wounds that you have on the inside. There's no amount of stuff that you can buy that will ever replace the healing power of God's love in your life. Just know that like off the bat, there is absolutely nothing you can buy that will ever replace the presence of God in your life. Um, so though, I mean, and, and those are just some of the things, a lot of times it goes back to, it ends up going back to childhood and, uh, you know, well, my parents didn't teach me this, or my parents were very tight with money. And so I'm tight with money. My parents were overspenders. So I'm an overspender. Uh, my parents withheld from me. So now I overindulge and it, you know, and it goes kind of back all the way back there. And then something that I always end up saying to, well, a lot of times end up saying to my clients is all of that may be true, but who are you today? How old are you today? How far have you come from the places and the things that you were taught as a child? And are you ready to make a different choice? 
because this all comes down to choice, right? The biggest choice that we make in all of this is to invite God in and stop saying and believing that there are compartmentalized parts of our lives that Jesus doesn't care about. That's the, that is a huge lie that so many of us believe, right? And, um, and that so many of us need to be delivered from. So I'll tell you right now, if you believe right now that there is any part of your life that God isn't concerned with or doesn't care about, uh, that there's a part of your life that you can kind of keep off to the side and you don't really need his help with, that is a lie. The word of God specifically states in Psalm 37, 23, he is concerned with every single detail of your life, every detail. That means practically God cares about whether or not you decide to dye your hair today. He cares about whether you buy a new car or a used car. He cares about what food you choose to put into your body. And his level of caring has nothing to do with control, right? This is where people misunderstand the character of God. If you're misunderstanding his character, hear me when I say this to you. He cares about you because he loves you. The way a parent loves their child, you don't necessarily ask your child about their day at school because you really need to know the information. You ask because you love them and you want to be included in their life. And that's the same way that God is with us. And he waits for us to invite him in and say, okay, God, I'm ready to share this part of my life with you. He's a gentleman that way. He won't force it on us. He's not going to force it on you. He will wait for you to invite him in and to trust that he is good and he only has good things for you. And so you can trust his intention of what he wants to carry out in you and through you for his kingdom. And all of that is just one portion of this, right? All of that comes back to how you manage your money. How are you managing your finances? Because I can guarantee you, if you're doing it without having God at the center, you will not achieve financial breakthrough. And even if you do, you will end up on the yo-yo, right? We all know about, people talk all the time about yo-yoing with their weight. Oh, yes. I yo-yoed, I lost 30 pounds, I gained 30 pounds. I lost 30 pounds, I gained 30 pounds. Let me tell you, there is such a thing as the financial yo-yo, okay? okay? You get out of debt and then you're in debt again. You make great choices and then somehow you got $10,000 on your credit card. You were tithing for a solid year and then something happened and you fell off tithing and now you don't tithe anymore and you can't remember why. Those are financial yo-yos. And if you are not careful and, and if you believe that you can obtain persistent and continuous financial breakthrough outside of Jesus, I am sorry to tell you, you are mistaken. And the good news is that you can invite him in right now you can make a decision that you want to do something different. You no longer want to go on the insanity cycle of doing the same things, expecting a different result. You can make a different choice today, right now, and say, God, I want to invite you in. I invite you into this part of my life. I no longer want to keep this part of my life separate from you. I want what you have for me. I only want to do this with you. I want you on my team. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Alexandria powerful, 
powerful message. And I just keep thinking, if I were going to someone for financial counsel, you would be like top of the list because you're mainly talking about a relationship with God, the creator of this universe. And that it's so easy to see that that's your intention, that's your purpose, that is that that is a big part of, of what you're sharing. And so I love that you came out of the gate with that. I mean, it's like, well, okay, uh, what, you know, a big fire hose coming out, here we go. And let's just square that away right off the bat. And what you're saying is, is just really powerful. And I'm, I'm on board with you. Although when you said something and I was like, you know, I've always told my kids are just given the example about God's will for our lives and how much he cares about us and so forth. Sometimes I think he doesn't really care if I eat broccoli or cauliflower. I mean, he does give me that choice, but that's broccoli or cauliflower. And then he might care. Maybe one has poison on it or something. I don't know, but, or, you know, whatever the bacteria might be, but E. coli. (laughs) Yeah. Like he does give us he does give us choice, but he also definitely cares and is, is in control and all of that. I wonder, I'm also kind of curious about where did you get all of this? Sometimes people go through real hardships before they come to kind of rock bottom and they're like, wait a minute, I don't want to do my life like this financially or this, this portion of my life this area I need, I need to work on this. And, you know, you're right. We're, we're, that's why I like those embers because they, the the four pillars, really, it's a holistic approach to living that I want to have. I can't be someone who just says, take your thoughts captive, give thanks and everything that's well and good. And maybe I do that well. And I have that art and that discipline down, but if I'm you know, over here smoking or not taking care of my body or eating junk food or whatever. It's it. I want to be not successful, but I want to be healthy in all areas, all, all of those areas of my life. I want to have health and freedom. And, and I think that's what God wants for us too. But what I was saying is that sometimes people get to be coaches like you and I, because we've personally gone through hardship. We've struggled with something. We've learned the lesson the hard way. You know, we got the scars to prove it or skinned up knees and we, and then it fuels our passion to help others and to serve others in that way, because it suddenly clicks. Is, was that kind of your story or anything like that? Or how did you, how did you get where you are now with, with all this financial amazing stuff that you share? How'd you get here? Um, Thank you. And yes, that is, uh, that is part of my story, right? Um, I first started learning about getting out of debt. I, you know, I learned about Dave Ramsey. He was the first guy I was introduced to, right? Um, And that was, over five years ago. And, um, and at first I was like, I was hardcore Dave Ramsey and, and no knocking to Dave Ramsey at all, because I'll tell you the baby steps work. If you work them, they do. Um, and so that's where I started. And that was the very first inkling that I had of there were biblical principles about finances in the Bible, like right there, actual 
hard black and white facts and advice that God gave us in the written word. And, um, and then I, I have permission from my husband. My husband's name is Raul and, um, and I love him and we have come through so much. God has legitimately brought us back from the brink of everything that you can imagine. And, um, and so we went through a really tough season. It was like four years of, uh, my husband was in active addiction and our marriage went through the ringer. Um, you know, I got pregnant with our first daughter. Uh, we had our second daughter and there was this time of somehow things in my life financially were being held together. This was a time in my life where I had been saved, but I didn't have relationship with Jesus. And I ran to him. I ran to Jesus with everything I had because I was like, I can't do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I literally will not survive this. I knew I needed him. And so it was during this time. And, you know, when someone is in addiction, um, they tend to hemorrhage money, right? Like they're constantly kind of spending on all kinds of things. Um, and so I was having a hard time understanding how, even with all of this stuff happening with my husband, even with all of this stuff happening in my marriage, somehow we were able to hold down our apartment. We were never late on our bills. I never missed a debt payment. Um, I was able to tithe, like I, well, actually I started tithing, which was really the beginning of all of this. And, um, and I was like, how is this happening? It doesn't make sense right now. If you talk to an accountant or you talk to someone who doesn't know God and you start sharing things like this, when they look at it on paper, it doesn't make sense because literally our income was less or yeah, our income was less than our outgo, right? The numbers did not make sense. And I began to understand God in my life as provision, which is one of the very, that's actually the first principle of the five is God is provision. And what that kind of builds out into is understanding that there is a distinct difference between understanding or knowing that God is your provider. Uh, Provider means he will give you what you need, right? He will supply what you need. Provision is an entirely different word. And what it means is that God is what you need. Mm -hmm. He is everything that you need. Now, quite literally, that means anything, anyone outside of God is extra. Now, yes, God blesses you with relationships in your life, family relationships, friendships, uh, significant other, spouse, your children, right? Friends, all of these horizontal relationships. But the vertical relationship between you and God is the only thing that you need to survive this life. And not just survive, thrive. Thrive when times are good. You're thriving on the mountaintop and you're thriving in the valley. Always. You will always be in a place of thriving, even when you're being pruned, even when you're being refined, it's because he is provision. Once I understood that and I started walking in that truth, everything shifted. I was no longer operating from a place of lack. 
from believing in uh, like scarcity principles, right? Yeah. There's not enough, there won't be enough. Um, you, your mindset and when your mindset shifts, the way that you make your decisions begins to shift. Mm -hmm. And when your decisions are continually shifting, then your behaviors start to change, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick did a sermon a long time ago, but he did this whole demonstration with his son on stage um, with a chain. And it basically was saying like, our thoughts become our mindsets, our mindsets become our habits, our habits or be, become behaviors, our behaviors become our habits, our habits become our, you know, your way of being, Everything, right? Which is yeah. what we learn in Life on Fire. It's your way of being. Now, if you don't understand that God is provision, he is absolutely everything you need. You don't need anything outside of him for you to be whole. If you don't understand that, then your mindset, your decision-making, your behaviors, and everything else will reflect that lack of understanding. Mm -hmm. That one principle literally will change your life. Like radically change your life. You will never be the same once you fully walk in the truth of knowing that God is provision. Yeah. I love that, Alexandria. I've often, I, you know, Jehovah Jireh means God is my provider, but to, to turn that just a little bit and say, not only is he my provider, he's my provision. It's almost like the essence of love. You know, we serve a loving God, but God is love. God loves us, but God is love. It's, it's yes. kind of hard to get all yes. of that, but I'm not sure I've ever applied it to, you know, personally to saying, God, you are you know, uh, you are my provision. You are my portion. I have said that a lot now that I'm thinking about it, because there's in the old Testament times, you know, when the, the, after the Exodus and the, the Canaan is being resettled and the, the tribes get their different areas, the Levites, God was their portion. He was their mm -hmm. portion. I always loved that because I thought, okay, okay, I'm going to go with that. God, you are my portion. I think that's kind of what you're saying. God, you are my provision. You're what I, what I need, what I get. You are that. You're everything in that. So you are everything. that is So even beautiful. as you're saying that, with the, the vision that like I'm seeing as you're saying that, right? So the scripture that came to mind is Matthew 6, 33, which is mm -hmm. seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. Yeah. But it's when we seek him first and we keep our focus on him. And when you're talking about the, um, the Exodus and I'm thinking about like the Israelites, right? And they're in the wilderness and they're saying, God, did you bring us out here just to kill us? We don't have any food. We don't have any water. We don't have any of this. And God brought manna right? But it was only because they said, like, when, when we trust him that he is enough, he brings the abundance, mm -hmm. right? My, um, my dad, who passed away in 2019, he would always say to me growing up, and I never understood this until recently in my relationship with God, mm -hmm. he would tell me all the time, when you put God first, you will never be second. And as a, as a teenager, I was always like, you're like speaking in riddles. This doesn't make sense. I don't even like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And, um, in the last, like really two years of my relationship with God, he has, I mean, I thought he had already radically changed me. Like I am, 
I am so stupidly in love with Jesus. It is <laughs> like, I am so in love with him. And yeah, like, we know, we know, we believe you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I so, love it. um, the, the revelation though, that God gave me in that sentence alone was that when we put him first, we become the center of his universe, right? He's an infinite God. That means he doesn't have favorites because every single one of his children is his favorite. And so when you make the decision to put him first, you are his number one, which means you can never be number two. Yeah. That is the essence of he, he is provision for you because you're his number one. You are his everything. Mm -hmm. Right. That's beautiful. Well, you know, and I was thinking, okay, how many books are you going to write? Because <laughs> I think we've got a few that you need to get going on. Um, maybe talking about your dad would be one of them. We need to do a podcast show just talking about about your dad. I think that would be great. He sounds oh, like a wonderful, it. wonderful individual. Yeah. And that'd be amazing. yeah, that's that spiritual legacy that, that he's left behind for you. What a blessing. Well, okay. So that was really, we kind of tiptoed our way on into the, the five principles and squaring away that God is provision. He is our provision. He is provider and the provision. What's number two. And you don't have to, you can just briefly even talk about those. It would be great. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Principle number two is give God your yes. And that doesn't mean just going into prayer and saying, okay, God, I say yes to you. If you tell me to do it, I'll say yes. It's not just saying yes. Giving God your yes means that you are choosing to be a surrendered, obedient, and faithful steward over every single resource that God brings to you and through you right? That is what giving God your yes means. Surrendered, obedient, and faithful over everything that he brings to you and through it. Relationships, resources, jobs, careers, children, all, everything. Um, and so uh, that, is, <laughs> that was the second like ooh, aha moment for me was um, Gosh, uh, how can I think to say this? Like, have you ever been, we learned out abundance, right? A lot about integrity. So have you ever been out of integrity with someone and you said, oh yeah, no problem. I'll do that. I'll call you next Wednesday. We'll go out to dinner. Of course. And Wednesday comes and goes and you never made a phone call and Saturday comes and goes and you never make a phone call and three months go by and you don't make a phone call. And then you touch base with that person and they're like, oh, it's been so long. We haven't caught up, you know, and you kind of just brush it under the rug. That's what we do with Jesus. <laughs> we say, yeah, God, I'll be obedient. And then he says, oh, I want you to go pray for that person. And we're like, oh, not today. Yeah, no thanks. I don't feel like it today. Oh, yes, God, I will tithe. I'm going to tithe this month. Yes. And then we get our paycheck and you realize that your electric bill is due on the same day that you got your paycheck. And that electric bill was like $200 more than you thought it was going to be. And you're like, oh, I know God, I said I was going to tithe today, but I will do it on my next paycheck. I promise. Mm -hmm. Those things are not giving God your authentic. Yes. That is not staying in integrity with giving God your yes. 
staying in integrity looks like remaining surrendered regardless of circumstance, right. choosing obedience regardless of circumstance and staying and being a faithful steward regardless of circumstance. You can't do, I will say this though, these principles, they build on each other. Okay. Right. These are, these are steps. It's not a coincidence. So if you're, if you don't have a handle on principle, number one, believing and trusting and knowing, understanding God is provision. You're probably going to have a pretty hard time with principle number two, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. builds on the first. We are surrendered and obedient and um, faithful to that, which we trust. If you don't trust that God is provision and have a very hard time giving him your authentic integrous. Yes. Yes. I think that's so true. And a part of tithing, one of the benefits I think of tithing is that we loosen our grip on money. You know, I don't want to be like just holding on to it and clinging and so like close. I, I want loose and mm-hmm. I don't want to, the, the best thing about tithing to me is that it, it trains us. And I haven't always tithed in my Christian journey. I've kind of gone through yo-yoing, but I do know that when I'm obedient in that way, first of all, it's just a resource. Like you said, it's just money. It's just money. Money cannot buy a gazillion things that are the most valuable things on this earth. It's just a resource. I know we need that resource in some ways, but just to function in society and so forth. And that's the unit that we use to trade and to, you know, you uh, give me this loaf of bread and I'll give you this dollar. And right. There are practical applications. applications for that, but when we are, what I notice for myself, when I tithe, it's, it's like, it's such freedom because it de-emphasizes the scarcity mindset for one thing, like you mentioned, which I think is one of those limiting thoughts and mindsets, like you said, and, and we're, we're so, we're so small in our thinking that we just got to hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because it might be gone or because I have to give it over here. But tithing helps us to just keep very, very loose hands, loose fingers on, on this substance, on this resource. And I know my, I've had an expression, maybe kind of like your dad with my kids. I've always said, God's got deep pockets because it's really his, it's everything that we have is really his anyway. And so sometimes I'm like, Lord, I'm just going to give this money. It's your money anyway. We're just going to do it. I don't want to spend $300 there necessarily. I really planned on that, but it's yours anyway, Lord. We're just going to, it's really helped me to just be, no, I'm not talking about, you know, just explore, just, you know, at random, just blowing money on this, that, and another thing. Right. I, I don't mean that right. at all. And just like no, throwing no. it to the wind. It's not a superfluous, carefree. It is sort of carefree in a way because it it's freedom, I would say, but, but it's this release. It's money's not the, the real point anymore. It's not all about money. And so yeah, you like I it, have, you agree. I have this gigantic smile on my face right now because <laughs> okay. you pretty much just summed up 
principles three and four. Oh together. my goodness. So <laughs> let me just Too principle funny. number three is remember that God is your source and money mm. is just a resource. And principle number four is tithe faithfully. And so the thing what, like, oh, you said it so beautifully. Money is just a resource. It it all belongs to him every anyway, right? Everything on this planet belongs to God anyway. That's why, like the word says, even the even the planet Earth groans waiting for the return of Jesus. Right. Because we all just want to be with him. And um, so, but understanding then when your mind frame shifts and you okay, God, you are my source, you are what keep me whole you are what keeps me in line. You are what has absolute everything of all of me. Money is just a resource. It's something you bring to me and through me for the purpose of advancing your kingdom here on earth, right? Matthew 6, again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Now, don't get me wrong. What you said is absolutely right. There are practical applications of how we use money in day-to-day life. I cannot, uh, when we were at Abundance, Lakeisha Michelle, she was up on stage and she said, I can't pay my electric bill with a hallelujah. She's right. <laughs> you can, you know, like, I mean, it would be a I great know. exercise in faith to call an electric company and be like, hey. I don't have the money of yeah. this month, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that would be a great exercise in faith. But practically on a day-to-day basis, money isn't, it's a resource that we need. We use the world functions using this resource. Water is a resource. Money is a resource. Land is a resource, right? It's a resource. And, um, but it's, it's understanding though, that when God brings it to us, it's not about us right? He makes, there are Christian millionaires, Christian billionaires who understand this principle that the millions and billions of dollars that God brings to them, they allow to move through them for the advancement of the kingdom of God here on earth. That is the point. He is the point. God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the point. And then principle number four, tithe faithfully. Something that I have had so many clients say to me when I, one of my questions during the the debt breakthrough session. So understand when you call me, I am going to ask you this question. Are you tithing right now? And if your answer is yes or no, there will be no judgment either way because it is simply a question. It's an understanding of taking inventory about where you currently are. Many people, you included probably, you think, you may think this, um, I don't tithe because I don't have the money to tithe right now. Well, my, my, all of my bills and my, my payments I make to my debts, right? My minimum payments, all of that, my grocery shopping, my gas, and I'm not overindulging You know, maybe you're not overindulging. Maybe you really are just doing what you need to do to get by. You're doing the the bare minimum of what you can do and you believe it still eats up or you see it eats up every dollar of your paycheck. And so you believe you can't tithe because you don't have the money. Let me explain this to you. You will never have enough money to tithe until you start tithing. It is an act of faith, surrender, and obedience when we tithe to Jesus. When you give your first 10% to God, it's you saying, God, 
I choose to honor you above what I think I need. Again, that we're building on the steps, right? I trust that your provision, I give you my yes. I choose to be a good, surrendered, faithful, obedient steward over the resources you bring me. Money, this money, this paycheck is just a resource. So God, I choose to honor you first. That is what tithing is all about. Okay. Now I have clients where we have conversations about tithing. And the next question I ask, well, are you going to a church right now? Because that's the next thing that comes out. Well, you know, COVID 2020, my church got shut down. I watch a bunch of different churches online. Is this you? Am I talking to you right now? So you, you tell yourself, well, you know, there's so many different churches. I don't know which one to tithe to, or I'm not going to a church right now. So I'm just not tithing right now. But, you know, when I start going to church again, I'll start tithing. Tithing is an act of faith and obedience and surrender. So let me explain this to you. Let me tell you, there's freedom in this. If you don't know what to do with your tithe, ask God. Say, God, I'm not going to a church right now. I want to tithe. I want to honor you with my first 10%. Will you tell me where it's okay for me to put this money? I really have a strong heart for rescuing dogs, for rescuing pit bulls specifically. Is that you? So take that to God. God, I don't have a church right now. Would it be okay if I give my tithe to this rescue? Because tithing is about honoring God. It's not about the four walls, right? The church on earth the building of the church on earth and why we're, you know, we're called to put our tithes in the storehouse are right now, the church, the four walls is the storehouse. The, the four walls of the church on earth is basically God's earthly bank. Okay. It's, it's, it's understood that when you choose to honor God with your tithe, you give that money to your church or to the church that you serve or where you, wherever you frequent mm-hmm. your house of God that you go to, um, you're trusting then that leadership is walking in the spirit and that they are seeking God's face and asking, okay, God, this is, this is our storehouse. This is your storehouse. Where do you want this extra? Where do you want this abundance to go? And they will bless accordingly. Right. But again, it's all about resource to you through you for his kingdom advancement. So don't get caught up on tithing. Okay. I don't want you to get caught up on tithing. If you don't know where to go, ask him. He is faithful. He will give you an answer. Ask his permission. If you don't have a church, ask his permission to give it to something else. It could be a charity. It could be a rescue. It could be that you take your tithe and you say a prayer and you say, God, I have my tithe this month. I don't know what church to send it to, Lord. So God, will you give me someone's name? You tell me, God, who do you want me to bless that's in my proximity, that's in my circle, God? If you know someone who needs this blessing, Lord, you tell me, and then you go give your tithes to that person. Because ultimately, it's about your heart posture. Who are you choosing to honor first? Do you honor your electric company first? Do you honor the grocery store first? Do you honor your credit card bill first? Do you honor yourself first? right? We, we live in a culture of treat yourself, treat yourself, take yourself out, go get your hair done, go get your nails done, go get a new haircut, go see your favorite barber, whatever it is, male, female, it doesn't matter. We live in that culture. That is what the world says to treat yourself, honor yourself first. 
That is counter kingdom culture. Kingdom mindedness says we choose to honor God before we honor ourselves, right? right? There's a godly order of things. It goes God, my husband, then me, then my kids, and then everything and everyone else. That is the godly order. So if you're not sure who you're honoring first, take it to Jesus right now. Take it to him right now. Write it down in your journal. Write it down on a piece of paper and ask him, God, who am I honoring first? If I am honoring something or someone else before you, God, correct my heart, right? Walk out Psalm 39 right now. Search out my heart, oh God. If there is anything that offends you, take it out of me. He is faithful. He is gentle. I promise you, Mm -hmm. he will kindly and lovingly reveal to you if and where you are. And he, there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation in that. Once it's revealed to you, then you just get to choose differently. Mm -hmm. Okay, God, now I want to put you in first position. I choose to honor you first. Right. Yeah. So, and then the last principle is just invite God in. Um, which is, you know, we had already kind of touched on that one. And so that's it. Those are the five principles. God is provision. Give God your yes. Remember God is your source. Money is just a resource. Tithe faithfully because you're choosing to honor God first and invite him all the way into this area of your life. You know, you have seen amazing breakthrough with your clients Is there one story that like you would be okay to share of kind of a miracle? And I'm just going to say in quotes, air quotes here, a miracle in terms of, (laughs) yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like where that client calls you or texts you or on your next, you know, scheduled coaching session, they're they're like, okay, Alexander, you're not going to believe this. Is there one you could share? Yes, there is. <laughs> she is um, literally one of my, like one of my very first clients. Wow. And actually <laughs> she will be debt-free before the end of this year. God wow. has supernaturally accelerated her journey. Okay. Now we, uh, let's see, it will be, her journey will have been nine months. Okay. God will have knocked out a little over $25,000 of debt. Now, let me tell you why this is miraculous. She'd never got a raise. Hmm. She didn't get some kind of inheritance. She didn't like, she didn't do anything really. Like she didn't, she didn't get another job. She didn't increase her income in some other way. This was literally she exercised these five principles. God started radically moving mountains in her life. We started with her student debt. We, when we first started on this journey, the first thing that we knocked out was uh, we started knocking out her student debt. We got through paying half of her student debt. And one day during conversation, she happened to bring it up to her boss. And, you know, and he was like, oh, well, what is that about? And she's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of debt and this is what I'm doing. This is the progress I've made. And her boss looked at her and said, you know what? Uh, I want to bless you. How much do you still owe on your student debt? And she told him. It's a little over half that she had left. And he said, okay, I want to pay that off for you. Oh my goodness. What? <laughs> Supernatural favor. 
supernatural favor. Okay. I'm talking one month, one month, no raise, no inheritance. One month, she made a $7,000 payment on her credit card debt. $7,000. Wow. We still, when we look back on that month, are like, God, where did you bring all the money from? Where did you bring the money from? The next month, the following month, she made another $6,000 payment. My goodness. Miraculous, supernatural acceleration is what I am telling you. When you exercise these five principles, when you invite him in and you put him first and you trust him in this process Mm -hmm. and you're willing to, to, to get, let him get at the roots of the limiting beliefs, let him pull out what's in there. Let him be the one to break the strongholds, pray Mm -hmm. into it because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Okay. We pray. Sometimes we have a, we have a session, a 45 minute session. Sometimes we spend 40 minutes talking about money and we spend five minutes in prayer. And other times we will spend 45 minutes in prayer because that's what God wanted to do that day. Yeah. What you need to understand about why having a kingdom minded coach makes a difference, whether it's in your finances or in your life or your business or whatever, what you need to understand is that having a kingdom minded coach will change everything for you because they will remind you where to put your focus. Yeah. Amen. Your focus isn't on the problem. Your focus is on God. God Mm -hmm. is bigger than the problem. He is the solution. He will give you the strategy. Like he, he is provision. That is the difference. That's why you need a kingdom-minded coach. That is why you need to take action today and make a different choice, right? If you don't call me, call another kingdom-minded coach. Maybe you don't need it for your finances. Maybe you need a thought coach like Victoria. Maybe you need a business coach like Nick and Megan. Whatever it is that you need, whatever area, whatever ember of your life that needs healing and growth and resilience and all of that, find a kingdom-minded coach because I promise you, I guarantee you, it will make a radical difference in your life and everything that you seek to accomplish after that moment. Everything will change as long as you are aligning yourself with kingdom-minded, God-loving, spirit-led people who will always remind you first and foremost, where's your focus? Is your focus on the problem or is your focus on the answer? Yeah. God is the answer every time. Amen. So well said, Alexandria. I just love it. I, you know, as I look back on my life financially, historically, the ways that God has provided for me, for my family, they've just been astounding. And even a little bit more recently, I have been scaling back on my teaching jobs I teach full-time Spanish on at the university level and I adjunct at several different institutions. And I've done that for quite a while now. And I, I enjoy some of the flexibility that I get with that. I teach online, but I've been wanting to let go a little bit of all some of those classes because I'm so much into my passion, my calling, my writing, my podcasting, just all of that stuff, the ministry that I have, and I'm having so much fun doing all of this, but 
sometimes it's hard. That's why I need a business coach, right? And yes, the fact that Nick and Megan were Christian coaches made all the difference in the world to me because I didn't want, I could have gotten any coach, I suppose, but I wanted someone to remind me of the truth and to, you know, what does God say about this? That kind of thing. I needed that. I wanted that. I desired that. And, but I, you know, I can just, I can think about how amazing God just continues to show up for me. And as I'm trying to gain traction with my business and, you know, because being an entrepreneur, gosh, we do everything, right? It's like social marketing. What's <laughs> yeah. that? I've never even heard of a click funnel. I'm like, what's a yeah. click funnel? I have a little funnel like in my kitchen or, you know, the, the oil <laughs> in the car, but I'm like, what's a click funnel. And uh -huh. I mean, all this terminology, CTA call to action. And I was, it was like a new language, this whole business, all this business stuff. So I, you know, I just didn't know. And, um, but now, you know, that I'm, I'm into it, I'm having fun. I'm learning the importance of networking and stepping out there, trusting God. And, you know, I don't keep my focus on, I try to keep my focus on, on God and just worshiping him. I call work and worship. I use the same term there because yes. that's what my work is. It is my worship. It is a giving yes. to God and my mm -hmm. contribution to to the world and the encouragement and the hope that I'm inspiration that I'm hoping to pass to other folks. But sometimes financially, the whole business thing can be a little, it's like, oh, how is this going to work out? You know, what is, but I don't even have to know how necessarily because I know the who. And that's what I tell myself that a lot. I don't have to have all Amen. of this figured out because God's going to step me through that. And so I made this decision and this is through prayer. It's not like I just haphazardly made it, but um, that I was going to drastically cut back on my classes, my load, my teaching load, which really needed to happen. But, but then here we start, right? The new semester. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I only have this many classes that I'm teaching for my Victoria. What were you thinking, Lord? Is this what we're doing? And, and then out of the blue, it wasn't an hour later, this other class just dropped in my lap. I didn't even know they assigned it to me. And the beauty of it is that that particular class is a duplicate class. So the prep for me is virtually none. I just get a whole lot more money and oh, teaching yes. the same okay, stuff. God. Yeah. And I'm Look like, at God. I know. And I felt that way. I'm like, what? I'm like, thank you. You, you know, it's even though I made this probably was, uh, I, you know, it was just a decision I made and it may have come also at a time when I was a little overwhelmed and like at the end of the term, I'm like, okay, I, I but I'm also trying to shift. So it, it's, it's congruent to where God, I think, is leading me as best I can tell and the doors he's opening up and all of that and me chasing my passion and my dream and and this desire to write and to teach and to coach and all of that wound, you know, balled up. So it's all congruent with that. But right now, my job, my full time paying job, that job supports and sponsors my passion and my dream and my side job right now. And I don't know when the full transition will take place. I've given myself like five years, but I think I just went a little too hot and heavy on reducing my load. And, but what was that to God? 
he took care of it in a way I didn't even have to ask someone for the job. I didn't even know they assigned it to me. Matter of fact, I got, an e- I got an email a couple of days later saying, Hey, Victoria, we added another section to your load. And, you know, I'm like, cool. Yeah. That's my God. <laughs> so right? anyway, that's, yeah, that is your dad. That's that right. is your dad. The that's one right. who knows what you need before you ask, you don't even, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that is your dad. And I want to, um, I want to really like encourage you because you said something that really stuck out. And for you who are watching this right now, I hope that your ears perk up when you heard what Victoria said, she said, God, is this what we're doing right now? Now in the moment, it may have just been like a cry out to the Lord. Like, is this what we're doing? Yeah, are we going here? It was the right question. If you are not asking God that question, you need to be, and you should ask him today, right now, God, what are we doing right now? What do you want to do right now? Right? Let this, like, do not miss this. You you don't miss the value of this one question, asking God first, before you move, before you, right? Like, ask him. He is faithful. Okay. Mm-hmm. He is so faithful to provide answers. Like, and if here's the thing, if he doesn't give you an answer off the bat, usually that's an indication that you should be doing the last thing he told you. Right. So unless you're just walking around every day and you never hear from God or you're never consulting him about what you should be doing. If, but if you are, then, you know, the last thing he told you. Mm-hmm. So just stay faithful. God will bring confirmation. Ask him, God, is this what we're doing? God, is this the next bill you want me to pay? Is this how much money you want me to put toward my debt this month? Is this who you want me to send my tithe to this month? Just ask him. That question is the beginning of inviting him in. So you just, you said it so beautifully. And I just like, I felt in my spirit that I just had to call it out because everyone who is watching you right now needs to know it doesn't always come out consciously. Mm. Sometimes it just comes out as an outcry. God, is this what we're doing right now? (laughs) But it's the right question. It's the right question. Yeah. It, It is that invitation to say, Lord, I do want you to be a part of everything that I do because golly, I surely don't want to do this without him. I really can't. I've tried and it generally doesn't turn out so well. So, and that would be in every single area of my life, just to wrap it all up. Just what we've said, what Alexandria has so eloquently said and articulated, it, it really starts with that seeking God first. I love that passage. And because if we really do that first, he will take care of the rest. We tend to make it very, you know, analytical and like, oh, I've got to get all this. I've got to have this clarity. I've got to have this, all this together. I've got to know what to do, but really it's so simple. It's like a little kid, like my little, my little granddaughter. And I, well, I have two now, one's littler than the other. And I have a little grandson. And when this three-year-old, well, even both of my granddaughters, when they come into the room, when they come into the house, they just come to me. They don't 
they don't, they put everything else aside. It's not like they're analyzing, should I go or what should I take or what should I say or what should I do? Oh. It's just a seeking. Yes. It's just so simple. It's that childlike faith. And they just come because they want to see their Nana and I'm going to do something silly and make them laugh. And I'm going to hug on them and get super glue hug and those sorts of things. Just going to, I'm just going to love on them and they're going to receive that, but they're going to seek. They're going to come in, you know, my kids, even when they were little, first thing in the morning, I always wanted them to come say, hey, mom. And even through their teenage years, I just wanted them to say, hey, mom, because I would be up and working and all that. I just wanted them to pop in and say, hey, mom. And sometimes that's the way I am with the Lord. I'm just like, hey, hey, God, hey, Lord, hey, Lord. It doesn't have to be some, you know, great philosophical PhD. I got to have all that to relate to God. It's not that way. And somehow our finances are lumped into all of that. We don't have to make it so complicated. And thank you, Alexandria, for simplifying this process, for lining out those five principles. They make sense. They are rock solid. And God is so going to bless your, your ministry and your business and what you're doing to help other people. It's so obvious. And I hope that you are just positively overwhelmed by clients, perhaps someone who's listening now even or watching who just say, you know, it's time I'm ready because I don't want to live like I'm living in a prison because of a resource, because of money. I don't want that anymore. So I'm hoping that that we'll have some good stories that come out of this as well. So oh, I'm, how, I'm excited. I can't yeah, wait. How can people reach you? What's the best way to connect with you? Okay, uh, best way to reach me is you can email me at kingdomfinancial at gmail.com. That is K-Y-N-G-D-O-M financial at gmail.com. Uh, my website, same kingdomfinancial.com. And, uh, and I actually provided my Calendly link. So hopefully that will get down here somewhere in the, yes, in in the, the show description notes. of the video or and the chat the box. You guys will see my Calendly Absolutely. link. And so I just want to encourage you right now, even if, whether you think this is you, or even if you don't think it's you, call me, set up a debt breakthrough session, take the hour. It is a gift from me to you. Mm -hmm. It is a gift of God to you, come and meet with me. You take the action right now, do something different because I promise you, God will move on your behalf. You just have to invite him in. So do it, invite him in, take the step, do it scared. That's right. Have your, have your Peter moment where you walk on the water. <laughs> he did right. it. He was afraid, but he did it anyway. So that will be you do it anyway. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.